Hey, I'm Dr. Michael Hunter, forensic pathologist from Autopsy, Reels Channel's medical mystery series on Podcast One and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to download the Podcast One app and subscribe. Then go to reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com, to find more programs like this one on Reels Channel. There were two persons injured and one killed. The dead was James Byron Dean, DOA, or dead on arrival at the hospital. Hollywood actor James Dean died in a car crash at the age of just 24. But despite making only three Hollywood movies, he remains one of the most iconic stars of all time. I don't know of another actor who, in three films, created the level of impact that he had. With his smoldering good looks and emotional performances, he became the figurehead of teen rebellion in the 1950s. James Dean represented a new image to American teens. He was vibrant, he was good-looking. And in real life, he had a reputation for a love of speed and danger. We drove around Mulholland Drive like maniacs. And I was scared to death. He was crazy. So when he crashed on September 30th, 1955, many blamed this love of speed for his death. But his friends dispute this. It hasn't been proven. It's been assumed that Jimmy was going more than 60. Now, forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter is reopening the case into James Dean's mysterious death. This is James Dean's death certificate, and it says that the cause of death was a broken neck. But James Dean was a skilled auto racer and driving in near-perfect conditions. So why did this accomplished driver dramatically crash into another car? World-renowned forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter has performed thousands of autopsies to determine the cause of death. He's the chief medical examiner in one of America's biggest cities, working closely with law enforcement to investigate the circumstances surrounding suspicious deaths. I've been the lead forensic pathologist on hundreds of car crash investigations, and these are often fraught with difficulties. But I'll be examining evidence from the crash scene, witness statements, along with the forensic investigation to discover the most likely explanation for James Dean's death. Wednesday, September 21st, 1955. Competition Motors, Hollywood. Nine days before James Dean's death. Dean is in the garage inspecting the silver Porsche 550 Spider he has just purchased for $6,800. He's intending to race it in the town of Salinas in 10 days from now. Lou Bracker, James Dean's best friend. He loved machinery all his life. He loved speed. Racing wasn't a phase. He would have tried to go as far as he could. Racing was a love. Acting was his craft. Dean plans to transport his new 550 Spider on a trailer for the 300-mile journey from L.A. to Salinas. It's one of only 20 of the cars in the country and could be the key to him succeeding in the sport. Lee Raskin, historian and author. Owning a very rare Porsche Spider in 1955 
was pretty important to James Dean. It allowed him to step into a more competitive class of race cars and to really prove himself as a real racer. This is the registration form that James Dean submitted for the race, and it confirms that he had a recent medical examination and had sent in the report. A certificate to race was then issued, and this suggests that he was in good physical shape just prior to the crash. There are so many things that we have available to us in this amazing time, but one thing that has stayed the same, coloring our hair. The options are you either go to a salon and spend lots of time and money, or you grab a box kit at the drugstore, which is hardly ever the actual color you see on the box, and you don't know until you actually have it on your hair, and it can be so frustrating and disappointing. But now there's a new way, Madison Reed. It took a strong woman to shake up the hair coloring world, and Amy Arrett did just that with Madison Reed, the company she named after her daughter. And if you're thinking, okay, but how do I match my color? Don't worry. Madison Reed gives you the tools you need so you can color with confidence. Get ammonia-free, multi-tonal hair color delivered to your door for less than $25. Visit madison-reed.com. That's madison-reed.com. And now, autopsy listeners can get 10% off plus free shipping on your first color kit. Use code autopsy. That's code A-U-T-O-P-S-Y. Autopsy. James Byron Dean was born on February 8, 1931, in Marion, a farming town in Indiana. Paul Alexander, James Dean biographer. Jimmy was an Indiana farm boy. He was athletic. He played sports in high school. Of course, he acted on the high school stage. Marcus Winslow, James Dean's cousin. Jimmy had a complicated childhood. He, he had a mother who was very devoted to him, but his father was a distant presence in his life. He was doted on by his mother, who encouraged him to act. His mother saw in him early acting skills, and she used to make up little stage plays that they would act out. Uh, He adored her. Dean was later taught acting by his teacher, Adeline Knoll. Jimmy as in anything he did, put in his whole heart. Mrs. Knoll directed all the plays that were put on here at Fairmount, and she would give him a lot of things to do and encouraged him to pursue his acting career. James Dean went on to study drama at UCLA, but dropped out to pursue a full-time acting career. His first TV appearance was in a Pepsi commercial when he was 19. got his first big break while appearing in a Broadway play when he was 23 and offered the lead in the Hollywood movie East of Eden. You say one more word, I'm going to beat your head in. James Dean as Cal, the wildest boy you've ever met. James Dean had just finished filming his third Hollywood movie, Giant, when he died. His second film, Rebel Without a Cause, was due to be released and already generating a buzz about his mesmerizing performance. You're tearing me apart! What? You, you say one thing, he says another, and everybody changes back again! But Dean was unusual for a Hollywood leading man in the 1950s. He was only 5 foot 8 inches, he weighed 135 pounds, and he wore glasses. 
I've also found something else in his records that's surprising for a movie star. Summer, 1940. James Dean's home in Fairmount, Indiana. A nine-year-old James Dean has an accident while playing with friends. James Dean was in the barn reenacting the trapeze act that he saw in the circus. He fell from the rope and he came down against the post. The accident knocked out his front teeth, requiring him to wear a bridge for the rest of his life. James Dean's father was a dental technician, and he made him a bridge of four false teeth. But dentures were primitive in the 40s and in the 50s, and they were prone to falling out. It was an adjustment that he had to go through to learn to speak with false teeth. Working with a voice coach, Dean was able to overcome the problem and develop an acting style that would establish him as one of the most talented actors of his generation. But I am involved. We are all involved. Mom, a boy, a kid was killed tonight. As well as having false teeth, I've discovered that James Dean was so nearsighted that he was almost blind without his prescription glasses. But in this photo, which was one of the last pictures taken before the crash, it appears that he's wearing sunglasses instead. For years, people have speculated that James Dean's poor eyesight resulted in the crash. So I want to investigate if this was the case. September 22, 1955, Warner Brothers Studios, Burbank, California. Eight days before James Dean's death. It's the last day of filming on his third Hollywood movie, Giant. And Dean is looking forward to finishing so he can start racing again. Something his contract denied. You do look pretty, Miss Leslie. Without his glasses, if he entered a room and people thought that he was ignoring them. He didn't even see them unless he had his glasses on. You're the best looking girl we've seen around here in a long time. He often committed his dialogue to memory probably earlier than many actors do because if he was on stage, he couldn't just look down at his book because uh, he had such terrible eyesight. Yep. They're ready for you now, Mr. Dean. I'll be there in five. But James Dean's glasses were never found at the crash site, leading to speculation that he may have been driving without them. I've discovered that James Dean would wear clip-on sunglasses over his glasses. And when you magnify this photo, I can see that he was actually wearing them before the crash. For this reason, I'm going to discount his poor eyesight for causing the crash. He never drove without glasses. And with glasses, he was fine. He got a physical, got a license to race, but he had to have his glasses on. So, his poor eyesight wasn't to blame. But many believe that the crash was due to his reckless behavior. And I've discovered a traumatic event in James Dean's childhood that supports this theory. 
Own iconic luxury items at unreal value with The Real World, the leading reseller of authenticated luxury consignment from top designers like Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Rolex, Cartier, and hundreds more at up to 90% off retail. New arrivals come in daily, and every item undergoes The Real Real's meticulous authentication process. In fact, The Real Real employs over 100-plus brand specialists, gemologists, horologists, and art curators from around the globe who inspect thousands of items each day to ensure that every item is authenticated. You can shop and consign women's and men's luxury fashion and streetwear as well as fine jewelry, watches, art, and home. What is really awesome is you can shop luxury the sustainable way. The focus on sustainability is really important for the real real. So go online, download the app, or visit one of their stores in Soho or West Hollywood or their nearest location at 870 Madison Avenue in New York. The West Hollywood location is just down the street from our office. So a lot of times over my lunch break, I'll take a walk down there and look at some of the options they have on display so I can get a sense of what I might want to get for any special events coming up. Valentine's Day, you want to find something really nice at a reasonable price the real real is an amazing place for that and consigners you can even try out the real real's white glove service for free in home pickup today so shop in store online or download the app and get 20 percent off select items with the promo code real that's the realreal.com promo code real for 20 percent off select items september 30th 1955 and hollywood actor james dean is killed in a car crash in southern california Controversy has raged for over 60 years about who or what was responsible for causing the actor's death. Now, one of America's top forensic pathologists, Dr. Michael Hunter, is re-examining all the available evidence to assess what really caused James Dean's death. It has always been assumed that James Dean's reckless driving was one of the major causes for the crash. So. I want to investigate whether this was actually the case. And I've discovered a traumatic event in his childhood that might explain his reckless behavior. James Dean's mother died of cancer when he was nine years old, leaving him devastated. He was very close to his mother, so when she died, there was this huge void in his life. Dean traveled the 1,800 miles back to Fairmount, Indiana, sitting next to his mother's coffin. For a funeral, his father did not attend. It was the kind of expression of emotion that you rarely see with a child that age. And I think it was an indication of just how closely he was attached to her. To add to James Dean's sense of loss, his father asked his sister to look after him, effectively abandoning him. Jimmy never got over that, in my opinion. It was not just losing her at that age. It was also how it was handled. Tony Lee Scott, James Dean's friend. He once told me that he thought that his father caused his mother's death, caused her unhappiness. She got sick and died. And he was always blaming his father for that. I don't think he ever quite moved beyond the death of his mother. He was always looking for mother figures in his life after that, the mother who left him. Dr. Linda Papadopoulos, psychologist. The effect of losing his mom and then his father, in effect, abandoning him at such a young age will have been hugely traumatic for James Dean. 
If we look at his behavior, driving fast, taking risks, and we try and connect that to what happened in his childhood, then I think what, what we're seeing is him conceptualizing himself in the world in terms of, well, if no one cares about me, then why should I care about myself? That recklessness became easier because there was no one around him to contain it. Dean did much to cultivate a reckless, devil-may-care image, riding a motorcycle, and a succession of sports cars around Los Angeles at speed. Jimmy would roar up and down him in between the sound stages on his motorcycle just to annoy Jack Warner. He came by my house on Doheny, peeped the horn, I looked out the window, he opened up the car door. So I went down, got in the car, and we drove around Mulholland Drive like maniacs. I was scared to death, but I didn't say anything. He was crazy. Dean developed his love for speed at an early age. He grew up riding motorcycles at his uncle's farm in Fairmount. I can remember him riding up and down the road there in front of our house, laying down on the seat and his feet sticking straight out the back and, and uh, going as fast as it go. Dean bought his first sports car when he was 22 and began entering amateur road races. I likened Jimmy to the British champion, Sterling Moss, who went hell for leather, banged up the machinery, and that was Jimmy. The acting roles that Dean played also added to his image of a risk-taking, rule-breaking rebel. The image that was created was of this young, virile, strikingly handsome rebel without a cause. It was the perfect title, both for the film and for his life. September 26, 1955. Competition Motors in Hollywood. Four days before James Dean's death. Dean is meeting stunt driver Bill Hickman, who will be accompanying him to the race at Salinas. And Dean has something he wants to show him. What you think? You. It goes like a bomb. Warner at Warner Brothers wanted James Dean to move out of the trailer that he was living in after he finished his movie. And he said to a colleague, get that little bastard off the lot. And James Dean heard about it and said, I'll get back at Warner. I'm going to name my car the Little Bastard, so everybody behind me will know who's in front of them. Want to ride? Adding to this reckless image was the fact that he had been banned from taking part in races by the studio due to worries that he might crash. It has always been assumed that the crash was due to James Dean driving too fast. And that's a theory that's supported by an incident that happened less than two hours before the crash. 20 miles south of Bakersfield on Wheeler Ridge, Dean was pulled over for doing 65 miles per hour in a 55 zone. Odie Hunter, Highway Patrolman. I was working uh, South 99 out of Bakersfield, and I noticed a small sport car coming down the hill. Good afternoon. I advised him of what he was doing, that he was speeding, and he didn't have any argument about it. He knew that he was. I believe I wrote the ticket for 65. 
Dean had been warned of the dangers of driving his new Porsche Spider too fast just two days after buying it. September 23, 1955. The Villa Capri Restaurant, Hollywood. Seven days before James Dean's death. Jimmy is having dinner with his best friend Lou Bracker when he sees the famous British actor Alec Guinness being turned away for lack of space. Jimmy jumped up and ran out, chased him up the block, and brought him back to our table. He'd just gotten his spider, and he told Alec Guinness about it, insisted on showing him the spider, which was just next door. And when they came back in, I noticed that he was actually pale. Looked like he's seen a ghost. Alec Guinness had told Dean if he drove the car, he would be dead within a week. He died exactly one week later. But despite James Dean's love of fast cars and speed, Dr. Hunter has discovered some startling new evidence that suggests that he may not have been driving as fast as has always been thought. Let me tell you how much I love my cat, or cats. I have two little black kittens, and they are so cute. They're just starting to kind of figure things out and get comfortable in my home. But by far, the worst part about being a cat owner is dealing with the cat litter. It's messy, it's smelly, it's heavy. Can I just say it? Conventional cat litter is outright barbaric. That's why I switched to Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter is Kitty Litter 2.0. It's shipped right to my door in a small, lightweight bag that lasts me the entire month. No more running to the pet store or storing heavy, open bags of cat litter in your closet. And Pretty Litter has next-level order protection. It uses super-absorbent crystals that actually trap and conceal odor and moisture. No smell, no mess. Forget about that dirty clay or compost that's completely gross to clean up. But the best Part about Pretty Litter is it even monitors your cat's health. And this is something that I really love about this because with new kittens, you know, you're always concerned that everything is going okay. And Pretty Litter really helps you be able to detect any potential issues really early on. So Pretty Litter changes colors to detect underlying illnesses before urgent medical care is needed, which saves you money, stress, and potentially your cat's life, which is really amazing. So do what I did and make the switch to Pretty Litter today by visiting prettylitter.com and use promo code autopsy for 20% off your first order. That's prettylitter.com promo code autopsy for 20% off. prettylitter.com promo code autopsy. Hollywood heartthrob and teen icon James Dean died in a car crash in California in September 1955. For more than 60 years, it's been assumed that his reckless driving was to blame. Now, world-renowned forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter who has been the lead pathologist on hundreds of road crash investigations, has discovered new evidence that challenges this theory. An inquest into the crash concluded that James Dean was driving around 90 miles per hour when the crash occurred. The speed was calculated by using the time taken from Dean being given a speeding ticket at Wheeler Ridge and dividing it by the number of miles traveled from there to the crash site. The time was calculated to be 1 hour 15 minutes, and the distance was calculated at 107.8 miles, which gave Dean an average speed of 93 miles per hour. I believe this figure is incorrect, and that it was based on the wrong timings. 
We know that Dean was stopped for speeding at 3.30 p.m. at Wheeler Ridge, and the crash occurred at 5.45 p.m. According to evidence released at the inquest, we also know that he made a 15-minute refreshment stop at Blackwell's Corner, giving him a total travel time of two hours, rather than the one hour and 15 minutes calculated at the inquest. This would have given James Dean an average speed of just 53 miles per hour, far lower than the 85 to 90 miles per hour as previously claimed. This doesn't give me the actual speed at the time of the crash, so I can't totally rule out excessive speed being responsible. But Dean was an experienced race car driver, and he'd won a number of races. He won his first events against other drivers that had more seat time or more experience. So he was a good and very talented race driver. James Dean also knew the perils of speeding, appearing in a road safety film with actor Gig Young just two weeks before the crash. Jimmy, I'd like your opinion about fast driving on the highway. I used to fly around quite a bit, you know. Took a lot of unnecessary chances on the highways. And I started racing. And uh, now I drive on the highways and I'm uh, extra cautious. I don't have the urge to, to speed on the highway. One more question. Do you have any special advice for the young people who drive? Take it easy driving. The life you might say might be mine. <laughs> <laughs> Because of Dean's competence as a race car driver and his knowledge of the dangers of taking unnecessary risks, I'm going to rule out recklessness as being responsible for the crash. But I've discovered that James Dean was at a party the night before. So I need to investigate whether drugs or alcohol could have played a role in his death. September 29th, 1955. Villa Capri Restaurant, Hollywood. It's the night before James Dean's death. He's with his best friend, insurance agent, Lou Bracker. It's the first game of the season. Mr. Spider, you got to come see This was booked last year. This time last year, it's on the same day. He was trying to talk me into going with him. It was a normal, big racing weekend in Salinas. He'd be driving a spider for the first time. We had no idea how he would do. After dinner, rather than returning home, Dean is believed to have gone to a late-night party. His friends probably felt that he was going home after that to get ready for the race. But through the years, there's been speculation that he went to a party in Malibu after he left uh, the restaurant. He wasn't a habitual drinker, but... He was drinking that night, and I think he didn't get into bed until very late. I don't think he ever did drugs. I think he drank a little too much. You know how Hollywood is. <laughs> Following the crash, James Dean's blood was tested, and no trace of alcohol was found. Toxicology tests in the 1950s were extremely unreliable, but looking at the evidence, I'm going to discount alcohol as being a contributing factor. But 
He was reported to be up late the night before the crash and was also known to suffer from insomnia. Approximately 20% of all auto accidents are caused by drowsiness. So could this be what was responsible for James Dean's death? hardly got any sleep. He never slept. He was always rambling around, smoking, having his coffee, whatever. He had severe insomnia. Really, really difficult for him to go to sleep. So one custom that he had was calling up his friends or literally showing up at their house or apartment at 3 o'clock in the morning. He would come in the middle of the night and stay and and talk to me about his life. I have no idea how long this insomnia was going, but I never saw him sleep. I wonder if Dean's insomnia was a symptom of a bigger underlying issue. By analyzing his behavior, he may have been suffering from bipolar disorder. So I want to find out whether this could be connected to his crash. Bipolar disorder is a mood disorder, and what you have is the two extremes. On the one hand, you feel very manic. Your, your thoughts are flying everywhere, you're very agitated, you can't sit still, you can't sleep. And then the complete opposite of that, where you have these very low periods, where you feel very lethargic, very tired. Dean's close friends would witness these low periods. He came by and when he was very depressed. I always felt like his mother. And I always tried to give him an honest answer, what I felt he was going through. There was no doubt that he had episodes in which he was very, very high. And then he would go into deep, deep depression over events in his life. While bipolar disorder in itself wouldn't affect Dean's driving, lithium, the drug most often prescribed for it, could as it may cause extreme drowsiness. Lithium acts on the brain to alleviate the symptoms of bipolar disorder by interacting with a number of different neurotransmitters and receptors in the brain, ultimately increasing the synthesis of serotonin. Serotonin is a hormone believed to contribute to happiness and well-being, thereby lessening mood swings. Given his symptoms, it's very likely that he would have been prescribed psychotropic medication like lithium. If James Dean was on lithium while he was driving, it would have certainly impaired his ability to drive. But a blood test was conducted and no lithium was detected. And while I believe James Dean had very little sleep the night before, he had a history of insomnia and was likely used to the condition. So I'm also going to discount tiredness as the cause of the crash, although I can't rule out its possible effects on his reactions. I think James Dean was energetic, full of positive emotion about the Sankami race, and he was sober and alert and was acting out as a race driver when it happened. I don't think that lack of sleep contributed to the accident at all. But despite being alert and driving on a straight road with good visibility, James Dean still crashed into an oncoming car and died. And Dr. Hunter has discovered some explosive new evidence 
about where and when his death occurred. Let's face it, New Year's resolutions don't always stick, especially the ones that focus on health, because those require the most work. I always try and start the year with doing meal planning and prepping and making some really healthy meals that I can have for when I get home from work because it's so busy when you come back from a holiday. And once in a while, it just becomes too difficult to keep up with, so you sort of start to slip. But I really want to try and stick to it this year. And Daily Harvest makes it easy to eat well. They deliver thoughtfully sourced chef-crafted food right to my door, and everything can be prepared in five minutes or less. Daily Harvest is something you can enjoy year-round as a quick solution to get the fruits and vegetables you need every day. Daily Harvest works directly with farmers to harvest organic fruits and vegetables at their peak and freezes them within 24 hours to lock in their nutrients. Everything stays fresh until you're ready to enjoy it. Choose from more than 65 different options like smoothies, hearty soups, harvest bowls, and overnight oats. Each recipe takes one step to prepare with room to make them your own. Add your favorite milk to blend up a smoothie or heat up a harvest bowl and top it with an avocado or a fried egg. I've been really enjoying these little um, bites they have. Chocolate chip and coconut and there's so many good things in these but they kind of just taste like chocolate chip cookie dough and they're actually very healthy for you. So those are great when you're on the go and you just need something to kind of get you through for a snack in between meals and they're super easy to use. Whether you're at home, at your desk or on the go, Daily Harvest is the easiest way to have a delicious and nutritious meal or snack. Go to dailyharvest.com and enter promo code AUTOPSY to get $25 off your first box. That's promo code AUTOPSY for $25 off your first box at dailyharvest.com. Dailyharvest.com. D-A-I-L-Y-H-A-R-V-E-S-T.com. World-renowned forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter is re-examining the death of actor James Dean. He died following a car crash in California in September 1955, and controversy has raged ever since over who and what was responsible. Dr. Hunter has already discounted poor eyesight, recklessness, alcohol, and tiredness as being the cause. It's always been assumed that James Dean's death was the result of his dangerous driving, but he was on a straight road in daylight and was an experienced driver. So I'm going to examine the crash itself to see what it reveals about his death. September 30th, 1955, 1 p.m., Competition Motors, Hollywood. Five hours and 20 minutes before James Dean's death. Dean, mechanic Rolf Wutherick, and stunt driver Bill Hickman are working out the route they're going to take to the race at Salinas while photographer Sandy Roth captures the moment. They are all planning to travel in Dean's station wagon and tow the Porsche. But mechanic Rolf Wutherick has a different suggestion. The mechanic told James Dean that he didn't have enough break-in miles on the engine and that the car would have to be driven rather than trailered to the racetrack. Rolf, you'll come with me. At 1.15 p.m., James Dean makes a phone call to his best friend, Lou Bracker, in a final attempt to convince him to come to the race. Hello? Hello, it's Jimmy. Yeah, we're at Competition Motors. We're about to take off. You come? He said, we're all ready to go. Come on up. Come on up. And I said, no, Jimmy, I'm going to the football game. And he said, okay, it's your funeral. 
And that's the last words he ever said to me. One thirty p.m. Competition Motors Hollywood. Four hours and fifty minutes before Dean's death. Getting the car prepared for the race takes longer than expected, delaying Dean's departure. There was a lot of preparation that that had to be done prior to the race: changing the plugs, the oil, checking the timing, making sure that the car was race ready. Took more time that Friday morning than expected, so they really got off to a late start. 1:50 p.m., four hours and 30 minutes before James Dean's death. Having agreed on their route to Salinas, Dean and Rolf Wuthering get in the Porsche and depart for the 300-mile journey. Photographer Sandy Roth and friend Bill Hickman are to follow behind in a station wagon. As we know, less than two hours on the road, Dean was stopped for speeding. After being ticketed, he continued towards Salinas, making one more stop before his fatal accident. 5:40 p.m., Route 466, Southern California. 40 minutes before James Dean's death, he's in high spirits as he heads towards Salinas. As well as looking forward to the race, there's been a lot of exciting developments recently in his career. He signed up to do his fourth picture, the Rocky Graziano story. Somebody up there likes me. He's also in the process of signing a contract with Warner Brothers that was going to make him very wealthy. So, money was never going to be an issue. 5:44 p.m., 36 minutes before James Dean's death, one mile east of the town of Shalom, he approaches an intersection where the road meets Route 41. He sees another vehicle approaching, intending to take the turn. It was a horrific crash. Can you imagine being in a sports car that's only 40 inches high? James Dean's head came in contact with a solid bumper and a grill. He took the brunt, the complete brunt, of the impact. 5:50 p.m. The force of the crash is devastating. It propels Ralph Wuthering out of the car, but leaves Dean trapped. His left foot was crushed in between the clutch pedal and the brake pedal, and he had to be extricated by the use of a crowbar. There were. Individuals that drove past the accident that said that the Porsche looked like a crumpled pack of cigarettes. 
The effect of the impact on Dean was catastrophic, breaking his neck and causing massive head injuries. His mechanic, Rolf Weatherick, was thrown from the vehicle and despite suffering a broken leg and facial injuries, remained conscious. It has always been assumed that Dean had died at the scene, but I've discovered that this may not be the case. According to an eyewitness, he was unconscious but still breathing when he was placed into the ambulance. The nearest hospital to the crash was 25 miles away, which would take the ambulance about 30 minutes to get there. The likelihood of James Dean surviving such a violent crash is extremely limited, but I've discovered something that happened on the way to the hospital that would have reduced his chances even further. 6.10 p.m. Route 66, west of Shalom. Minutes before James Dean's death. As the ambulance travels to the hospital bearing the critically injured Dean, it's involved in a collision. The jolt of the accident wakes up mechanic Rolf Wotherick. There was an interview in 1960 where Rolf made a statement that he was semi-conscious and then unconscious during the trip uh, in the ambulance. But then when he woke up, he saw James Dean and thought that he might have been alive. As well as causing the ambulance to jolt, the accident also delays the journey to the hospital as the drivers get out to assess the damage. James Dean's broken neck was unsupported. And despite the minor nature of the collision, it may have exacerbated his injuries. If this accident had happened today, he would have been put into a neck brace before being placed into the ambulance. 6.20 p.m. Paso Robles War Memorial Hospital, California. James Dean is pronounced dead in the ambulance outside the hospital. After the football game, I decided to drop in late at the Villa Capri. They all gathered and told me about it. I was unemotional, probably because I was a, in a half coma, but there was a lot of anguish that night in the Villa Capri. The reaction was equal to a president dying. And a friend called me to tell me that Jimmy was killed in an automobile accident and hung up the phone. My immediate reaction is, what am I going to do without him? Jimmy's dad called my sister, and she told me that Jimmy had been killed in a car wreck, and it was definitely a shock. He's just like a brother to me, just somebody was always there. We will never know what impact the ambulance accident had on James Dean's chance of survival. But the question remains, why did an experienced driver traveling on a straight road in good conditions crash in the first place? This is a question that has perplexed experts for over 60 years. And I believe I've found the answer. And Dr. Hunter has also discovered evidence that suggests someone else was at the wheel when the crash occurred.
James Dean died on September 30th, 1955, following a car crash in California. Forensic pathologist Dr. Michael Hunter has been investigating his death and has discovered some startling information that raises doubts about whether he was actually driving the car when it crashed. A month after James Dean's death, an inquest was held in San Luis Obispo, and they came back with a verdict of accidental death with no criminal intent on behalf of the other driver, a 23-year-old student named Donald Turnipseed. What wasn't widely reported was that an eyewitness said that James Dean wasn't driving when the crash occurred. It raises the question, was James Dean really responsible for the crash? There was an eyewitness. His name was Don Dooley. And he swore at the inquest under oath that it wasn't James Dean behind the wheel, but it was the person wearing the red shirt which would Rolf Witterick. As well as Don Dooley, some of James Dean's closest friends also believe that mechanic Rolf Wutherick was driving when the crash occurred. Jimmy wasn't driving, and I'm stepping way out to say that, but I know he wasn't driving. Somebody told me who was there at the time. We kept it got kept quiet because the insurance was paid to the father. An eyewitness account is hard to contradict, but I believe there's an explanation as to why James Dean did not appear to be driving. When the crash occurred, Rolf Weatherick was thrown from the vehicle, but Dean got his foot trapped between the clutch and the brake pedal, and this resulted in his body being thrown into the passenger side of the car. So although James Dean appeared to be on the passenger side, the district attorney at the inquest found that he was in fact driving at the time of the crash. Dooley got confused as to what he saw and who was driving because the car is turned over. So the person with the red shirt who was the passenger looked like he was the driver. The crash has always been thought to be James Dean's fault, but I'm not convinced. I believe a perfect storm of factors came together to create the conditions for the crash that would kill him. Route 466 is in a valley, and despite it being an hour until sunset when the crash occurred, the road was already in shadow, and Dean hadn't turned his headlights on. Furthermore, the color of the Porsche made it hard to see in the fading light. It was also very small and unlike anything Americans would be used to seeing on the road in 1955. As Donald Turnipseed turned left off the highway into the path of Dean's car, I believe he initially didn't see it, leaving Dean no time to avoid a collision. I think that Donald Turnipseed was confused. At first he didn't see it, then he saw it, he hit his brakes, and he stopped in James Dean's lane and both were going quite fast and neither one really had an opportunity to avoid each other. By his taking that action, he essentially set up the car as this huge metal wall, big tank of a car just sitting there in the middle of Jimmy's lane. 
Both Dean's passenger and Donald Turnip's seat rarely spoke about the accident, and they have taken their secrets to the grave. But I have discovered something else that meant that this crash was hard to avoid. Donald Turnipseed may have been speeding. Donald Turnipseed played a little game with himself every Friday. How fast could he get home from A to B? And when he got to the junction at 46 and 41, he didn't make that left turn as a prudent driver. He cut across the road to take the fastest line to get from one road to the other. Neither James Dean nor Rolf Weatherick were wearing seatbelts, resulting in the mechanic being thrown from the vehicle, but surviving. Dean, as we know, got his foot trapped between the clutch and the brake pedals, causing his head to forcefully impact the steering wheel and the dashboard, breaking his neck and causing severe head trauma. The critically injured Dean was then involved in a second accident when his ambulance struck another vehicle, reducing his chances of survival even more. I've thought about that, and I always come to the same conclusion. He wouldn't have wanted to survive the crash if it left him crippled up, scarred for life. Ultimately, James Dean died doing something he loved. And while it robbed the world of unique talent, it also meant that he would be immortalized as an eternally young icon of teen rebellion. This position was further cemented when two of the three Hollywood movies he filmed were released after his death, Giant and Rebel Without a Cause. Jimmy has fans worldwide, teenagers. With each new generation, the teenagers are the same. They have the same angst, the same vulnerabilities. You're tearing me apart! Jimmy still talks to them after all these years because he's eternally 24. But I am involved. We are all involved. We have lost a lot, but he left us so much. Me and Lou Becker, who are the only ones still standing. But we still have them with us. You sure do look pretty, Miss Leslie. Never dreamed it would last as long as it has. But uh, here it is, 60 years later, and he's still influencing people all over the world. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Autopsy. Don't forget to subscribe at podcastone.com with the Podcast One app or at Apple Podcasts. Then go to reels.com, that's R-E-E-L-Z.com, for clips, extras, and more from the TV version of the series, including reenactments and autopsy photos you'll only see on Reels' channel. Find Reels on your TV at reels.com. I'm Dr. Michael Hunter.